This episode has content surrounding sexual violence that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions before listening, and always take care of yourself. Like, if someone can cross as big of a boundary as, like, your literal body, yeah. then what else will they do? That is, I think that's huge. So that, scary. like, once your biggest boundary is crossed, what's the point of setting the small ones? Right. Because if you could cross the big one, of course someone can cross the small one. Hey y'all, I'm Kat. And I'm EG. Welcome back to Lux Supporting Survivors. It's December. What has been going on lately? It has been a crazy month. It has been. It has been. And it's right when we, so on top of our like little script for this episode, it says December 1st. And the second I saw that, I was like, no way. December. Oh. (laughs) All the time. No, no way. That's crazy. It's the end of the year. I feel like this year just started. Like, how did we get here? I had my meeting with my academic advisor oh gosh. and she's like, you're graduating soon. I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not. That doesn't seem I right. I was like, soon is ha- like, soon is like holidays. Oh my God. Soon is not, soon is not anything else. Um, but so fun. I'm excited for the new year. But Yes. Yeah. I can't believe it's going to be 2024. I feel like it's still like maybe 2019. For real. Like, it's, they all just blend together. Honestly. I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing something about, like, you remember those, like, crazy psycho clowns? Oh, yeah, in 2016. In 2016, I was like, no way. Like, one, such a fever it's like dream. like seven Two, years ago. Literally. Like, we I were, mean, like, 15. <laughs> we were children. Uh, yeah. Time's just not even really real to me anymore. I literally think I was watching, like, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Oh, my gosh. Like, that <laughs> like, that's, it's insane. Yeah, a whole lifetime ago. But all that to say, welcome back to our podcast. We're so excited to have you guys here. And today, we are going to be talking about boundaries and all of that and what it entails. And especially with this kind of holiday mindset, yeah, we want to make sure everyone has the resources that they need. Yeah, we thought this would be a good topic as we're moving into the holidays, um, just to make sure that everyone is taking care of themselves. Um, apologies for the background noise. If you can hear that, um, there's trains going by, there's people talking in the next room. It's just the way it goes. Hip and happening. Um, all right. So I think everybody's got a good idea of what boundaries are, but just to give you a clean definition and this will all be cited in our show notes, just like usual. Um, but boundaries are guidelines, rules, or limits that a person creates to identify for themselves what are reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave around them so that they can keep themselves safe and then how they will respond when someone steps outside those limits. So basically knowing for yourself what you need, letting other people know about that, and then how you'll handle it if they don't respect those things. Um, pretty clear. I think people know what those are. Yeah, I think it's great. And I personally, I'm excited for this episode because I think boundaries is something that everyone struggles with in Mm -hmm. a certain degree in whatever aspect it may be. And I think for me, I am, I will set up boundaries all day long, but I am really bad at reacting when people cross them. Like I, I don't really handle it the way that I feel like I should. I kind of get like all like inside and like not great and kind of like weird and angry and mad and so I think understanding how to respond healthy 
yeah. and create those healthy boundaries is something that we can all benefit from. Yeah, it goes to show that, like, I mean, even us hosting this podcast, acting like we know what we're talking about, have like, got work even, that we can yeah. do. Like, even though we are the most perfect people in the world, oh, like, course. sometimes yeah. we occasionally, maybe you, once a year. You, not me, obviously. Yeah, not you. No, maybe I'm me, good Maybe me, like, once that. a year because of the environment. Oh, yeah. No, nothing you've done, obviously. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> anyway, moving past our silly little thoughts about ourselves, um, before we dive into like what boundaries are, um, we want to talk about the importance of healthy boundaries. Um, they can help us retain our identity. You don't want to lose yourself in the way that you're interacting with other people. Going off of that, they prevent others from taking advantage of us or manipulating us. They promote healthy relationships. Uh, they allow us to be appropriately assertive. And then they can empower us to strive for personal goals and establish empathy for others. So really just keeping you, making sure that your relationships with other people are healthy, not crossing any lines, but also making sure that you're like interacting with them in an appropriate way. I really like the phrase appropriately assertive. I really like that. Yeah, I think it's good to apply to something like this. I feel like that's your personality, to be so honest with you. Really? Sometimes inappropriately yeah. assertive, if we're honest. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> but you said it, not me. So, okay, <laughs> healthy boundaries are appropriately assertive. Yes. Making sure that you're hitting both of those things. Not being overly, like, faulting someone else for what they've done, but also not letting people yeah. walk all over you. Yeah. Yeah, so the Types first thing. boundaries. Yeah. First thing we're going to dive into is types of boundaries. Given that we're talking about survivors of sexual assault, the first thing we want to talk about is sexual boundaries. So the importance of knowing and setting your boundaries um, before you get into a situation is really important. Um, sometimes in situations, especially whether it's a sexual situation or it's just a situation post-sexual trauma, sexual violence, it's really really beneficial knowing what those kind of physical boundaries are that you have or those sexual boundaries because once someone crosses your boundaries it can really put you into a fight or flight response and yeah. so being able to actively ahead of time maybe know what some of those boundaries are and how to appropriately be able to I don't know what the word is. Communicate like, that communicate, to other people. Communicate yeah. it and also respond appropriately. Yeah. I think I think is really important. And I think and something that we're gonna touch on really, really, really briefly are other physical boundaries. So outside of sexual situations and in the aftermath of sexual violence, physical boundaries can be part and should be part of those healthy boundaries that you're setting. Yeah, physical outside of a sexual nature. Like just like somebody like putting their hand on your back as they walk yeah. past you. Or like, hugging you. I have yeah. lots of friends who are huggers, and if you hug me, I will push you away from me, basically. Yeah. And <laughs> that is, I mean, something that you know about yourself going right. into situations. And I think that's the whole point of this is, like, knowing where your lines are making sure you're holding them. Right. And um, it can be hard. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard. I think advocating for yourself and being assertive, especially when you've been put in situations where you are not so... Are not able to are be. not able to be yeah. right. It's it can be it can be difficult, but we are here. You're guiding lights. Oh my to gosh! Help you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, something that we want to touch on just before we move into all this about sexual boundaries is that someone crossing your boundaries in a sexual manner is not your fault. 
Um, We don't want to say that, like, because you have boundaries, if someone crosses them, it's on you. Not at all. Not at all. Um, Sexual assault always is crossing a boundary. Rape is crossing a boundary. And if that's happening to you, it's not your fault at all. We're always saying that, that if you're a survivor, what happened to you is not your fault. So making sure that we don't mix up what a boundary is and what is happening to you that shouldn't be happening. Right. And also on top of just obviously sexual assault and rape, and I know we all know this, but even sexual harassment. Yeah. Like anything, if there is any part of you that is uncomfortable with anything someone is doing, it's valid. I always go back to your gut feeling. Like Mm -hmm. I, I really believe all of us have this like gut feeling that we should abide by. But if anything makes you uncomfortable in any kind of situation, like physically, sexually, emotionally, mentally, any of the illies. Any of the illies. It's... It is not, it is never your fault for being uncomfortable with someone crossing your boundaries. Yeah. All right. So sexual boundaries, like we've already talked about, knowing your boundaries, especially when you're in the moment, can be harder than it seems, which is why we advocated for knowing your boundaries before you get into those situations. Because in sexual situations, your body and emotions are just as in play as the analytical part of your brain. Um, so like you can know what consent is, but then when you're in a sexual situation, your body can go into fight or flight mode. You can, you've got endorphins going through things like that. So making sure that you know where you're at before you're in those situations, paying attention to like your whole self, um, can be really important with your partner. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So from there, understanding the factors that can affect boundaries is really important. Um, Different factors affect what you're thinking about, what you're communicating, how you're enforcing, all affects different ways. So number one important to know is that you can have mixed feelings in a situation. Sometimes you're not always 100% set one way or the other. Desire isn't always like an enthusiastic yes or an absolute no. Like sometimes you're not 100% sure. Um, And so I think like allowing that inside yourself and fitting your boundaries to have that be a part of it is important and sometimes something that like gets washed away in the like black or white of it all right and I think I I think it can also be it can be really difficult to and I think that's the thing with boundaries is especially in this situation like having mixed feelings going into this situation like when you're in the situation it's difficult to be like okay let me take myself out of what's happening right Mm -hmm. now and actively make a decision that versus like the pros and the cons and you know your body sometimes it just doesn't have time for that sometimes your body doesn't let you do that and so a lot of it is kind of this proactive kind of I don't want to say preparing yourself because that's not the right word but being knowing what you're comfortable yeah and yeah and being able to communicate that I think is definitely beneficial for sure um the next factor is knowing that other people's desires can influence your decisions like if you've been taught to put other people's needs first or if you're in a situation where you don't want to hurt someone's feelings you like them and so you want to give them what you want you don't want to cause a conflict in a situation things like that like being aware that sometimes it is hard to hold to what you want because in a sexual situation, you're not in it by yourself. Um, so being aware of that, going into it, and knowing that other people are going to influence you. Right. And factoring that in is important. Yep. The third factor is it's 
is really important because it's kind of this double-edged sword, right? And this is in terms of whether you're like out partying, you've consumed alcohol, you're intoxicated, you're impaired, whatever, however that looks, you know, and we're not going to sit here and say, don't do that. But we're, we are going to sit here and say that being intoxicated, being impaired, it can be really difficult to speak up about your boundaries when you're kind of in that vulnerable position. Um, but at the same time, it can be also make it a lot harder to recognize other people's boundaries. So really, like being in those situations, just kind of always trying to evaluate um, your comfort level and other people's comfort level. Um, just kind of trying to make sure you're not making people uncomfortable and they're not making you uncomfortable. Yeah, and bearing in mind that you need to factor that in when you're intoxicated. Like right. knowing that if that's something that you're going to do, you are going to have to factor it into the choices that you're making. Right. And by no means is that a saying that someone who crosses your boundaries while you're intoxicated is okay because it never is. And we're never Absolutely saying not. that. Yeah. But it's being able to actively communicate your boundaries in any situation is always good. Yeah. I mean the way that you're able to give consent changes when you're intoxicated. Exactly. And that doesn't mean that if someone does something without consent, it's your fault. Absolutely not. But it does mean that you should be aware of the consent that you're available to, to give. give. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. The last one that we've got listed here, and like I said, all these sources will be listed in our show notes, but knowing how you respond in situations that are difficult is really important. Like the way that you were raised or any traumatic experiences you might have 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 had will affect like situations where you have mixed feelings or are being pressured or are facing conflict like because your boundaries aren't being respected. Um it's important to like be aware of those things and know how they affect you. Like my roommate really hates conflict more than anyone else. So her going into a situation where she is going to have to say, no, this is a boundary that I have, don't cross it, she knows is going to be difficult for her, and so she'll prepare herself for that. Whereas for me, I have no trouble saying, yeah, it's like we said, appropriately assertive. Like that is not something that I worry about is getting into conflict with people. That doesn't make me uncomfortable. So it's something that I have to prepare for a little less than other people. Yeah. And just being aware of yourself and your, the way that you handle those situations is important. I agree. And I think on a, on a little bit of a personal level, something that actually happened today, I was at the doctor's, I was at my gynecologist and, um, you know, that's always a, that's always a fun time hmm. and kind of, knowing knowing you know, what I've been through and having to advocate for myself and yeah. say this is a boundary that I am not comfortable with or I would like another person in the room or just it's you have to advocate for your boundaries in so many different aspects of your life and so being able to understand like what Kat's saying is whether you're the kind of person who needs to prepare for it or you can jump right into a different situation. Like whatever, wherever you fall on the spectrum of comfort with certain situations, just hopefully take some self-reflection and be able to recognize where that is so you can appropriately adjust when you need to. Yeah, and that leads us right into our next topic, which is listening to yourself and knowing what it is that you need by recognizing the signals that your mind and your body are sending you. So we wanna talk a little bit about like the way that you can understand yourself so that you're able to give consent in the best way 
in sexual situations, but also just in general. Um, so the first of these is track your response and take a break if you need to. Like, if you're going through something that's really hard, don't hesitate to, like, take yourself out of it and think about what's going on, specifically if you're having, like, a trauma response to something. Um, like, the examples that are listed here are tunnel vision, like, being outside of your body, feeling like you're on autopilot, feeling numb, feeling like you can't speak or move, things like that. If you're experiencing those things in any situation, take yourself out of it if you can and try and give yourself some time to figure out, like, what do I actually need in this situation? Do I have a boundary that I can set? And am I able to then enforce it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think that was that was really well worded. I think I'm always a proponent of taking a break. And yeah. I think, again, in any aspect of your life, anytime you're having this kind of response, being able to like take a step back, if you're able to, can be really good. Um, kind of going off of that one, another... Another important aspect or another tip is to note your habits and to go slow. So it's it's very normal to deal with situations in a certain way based on how based on our habits. Kat and I react differently to different situations yeah. just based on our life and our environments and the things that we've been through. And so sometimes we can lean on these default responses. And so some of that can look like going along with what someone else wants or putting your own boundaries to the side. And, you know, I think a lot of us have probably had situations like that. And if you've, you're in this situation or if that sounds familiar, it's okay to pause and take time to make decisions um, because it's, it's so expressing your feelings and speaking up when you're not comfortable are just are really good ways to recenter your boundaries and really good ways to kind of reevaluate the situation and put a little bit more time in there so that you can go a little bit slower and figure out what you want and be able to offer that authentic consent if you so choose. Yeah. And that kind of leads right into our next one, which is check in with yourself and how you're physically doing. Like sometimes I feel like I do this all the time where I'm like, I just have to like get through this thing. Like, let me just like do it and it's done in like just general life situations. Um, and it's been really helpful for me. And this, I feel like sounds kind of silly, but like to stop and actually like think about like, what am I feeling right now? Like not let me get through it and think later, what was I feeling then? But like, what am I going through right now? Like, am I comfortable in this? Like, am I anxious? Am I actually really hungry right now? And I just kind of push that aside. Like stopping to like actually check in with yourself is really important, like both in sexual situations, but also just in general life situations. Like I have to do that all the time where I'm like, well, hang on. Like, why am I actually anxious right now? Like what is going on? And there? also like one thing that I've learned um, is especially with anxiety and that stuff is like, if I'm anxious, my body is anxious. And if mm -hmm. my body is anxious, it just makes me more anxious. So kind of being able, like recognizing your emotions, acknowledging them, and then also being able to be like, okay, my foot is tapping really, really fast, or I am getting really out of breath. Like mm -hmm. what, what do these signs mean to me? Yeah, and you have to important. be able to like pinpoint what is going on with you before you can communicate that to anyone else. Exactly. And that kind of goes 
into our our one of our last things about acknowledging all of your emotions one of our last tips um so just if you're enjoying someone's company and you you're excited and you're happy that's phenomenal just also make sure you're focusing on what your gut is telling you don't push away those negative emotions like anxiety or annoyance even if it's like 80% 80% of you is happy and 20% is unhappy. And you're like, okay, well, that 80% drastically overpowers this 20%. That might be the case, but evaluate that 20%. Evaluate kind of those negative emotions so that way you're able to have a really kind of centered and grounded idea of what those boundaries are and if they are being crossed at the time. Yeah, let yourself feel all your emotions. Yes. Um. And it's okay if all of this seems like kind of overwhelming. Like all of this that we're talking about is definitely not something that everyone just like innately knows how to do and knows how to handle. Um, These are things that like take practice and you're going to make mistakes while you're doing them. Like it's not like all you have to do is think to myself, oh, okay, well now I need to check in and acknowledge all my emotions and then you've done it. Like it takes work. Um, So being aware of that, being okay with, this being a process that you are going to have to work through is important. Um, but you like do want to do your best to stay in tune with everything that you're feeling, you're thinking, because those things are going to then inform what your boundaries are, how you enforce them. Um, and then we want to wrap up just this section about sexual boundaries with, once again, if anyone does something without your consent, if they cross your boundaries, if they force you, if they pressure you, that is not your fault at all um we've got resources about sexual assault sexual violence rape things like that so if you're ever in that situation know that it is not your fault regardless of what boundaries you set or you didn't if something is happening non-consensually that is not on you exactly and I, I really like how you worded it at the end not blaming yourself for things that you did or did not do yeah I think that's a whew, that one gets you Yeah. Um, So jumping a little bit, now that we've kind of talked about these sexual boundaries and listening to yourself and kind of understanding all the different factors that affect these boundaries, we're going to talk a little bit about these healthy versus unhealthy boundaries, what these look like um, and how you can use these to kind of gauge what you're feeling. So jumping right into unhealthy boundaries. So these are boundaries that disregard your values, needs, wants, and other people's values, needs, wants, and limits. Um, It's a boundary that is really flexible and it allows others to kind of cross your lines and it leaves you open to having, having other people's behavior influence kind of what's going on. Yeah, I think if you have a boundary that's crazy flexible, it's not really a boundary to begin with. And so then it's not doing what you'd hoped a boundary would do exactly yeah and then without adequate boundaries you're left either like performing behaviors or having other people do things to you that like don't necessarily make sense or hurt you or hurt other people um so some examples of those things like with poor boundaries are like going against your personal values in order to make someone else happy not noticing that other people have unhealthy boundaries when it comes to you, giving other people too much, not receiving anything in return, um, allowing other people to define you, what you think, what you do, allowing them to then use you. Um, I think those are just some examples of, I think, pretty drastic examples of not having boundaries set. But 
that's what it can lead to. I think your relationships are more healthy when you have healthy boundaries. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like saying that makes it seem like you need to like tell every single person in your life, I'm okay with this and I'm not okay with that. Like one of my boundaries is I am mean, right? When I wake up in the morning and my roommate knows that she should let me like go in the bathroom and brush my teeth before she talks to me. And that's not ever something that I said, hey, out loud, I don't really love talking to people in the morning. She just kind of discovered that it's a part of our relationship. It's a boundary that we both respect and our relationship is better for it. So I don't want it to come across like we're saying like you have to do all of these super strict things in your life. It's just knowing like what's comfortable for you, what's comfortable for other people, what is going to help your relationship be the healthiest. Right. And these and these unhealthy boundaries, and in similar healthy boundaries are on a spectrum as well, but these unhealthy boundaries really are on a spectrum. And it can start off with just being like, you are more of a friend to someone than they are to you. Mm-hmm. Or it can also be having someone else abuse you sexually, physically, whatever, emotionally, financially, whatever that looks like. So having those unhealthy boundaries or having unhealthy boundaries or having boundaries be crossed is a spectrum it can Mm -hmm. and it ranges in like we've said every aspect of life and not just sexual violence every aspect but in when thinking about sexual violence there's a lot of these unhealthy boundaries that not only in themselves are unhealthy but are physically doing harm to people And I think that's one of the biggest things about kind of trying to find these healthy boundaries and advocating for um, building up the unhealthy ones to become more healthy is to try and mitigate the harm that's put onto a survivor Mm -hmm. when they're placed in a situation where a boundary is crossed. I feel like I was just blabbing, but that makes sense. No, yeah, I feel like you got your point across. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so now that we've talked a little bit about unhealthy boundaries. Now we want to talk about healthy boundaries, how you get them, um, what the point is. Um, I think for a lot of people, setting boundaries seems kind of foreign, like especially for survivors that like you've said no previously and it didn't do anything. So now it's hard to say no because you have trouble understanding that it's going to be respected. Right. But So I think speaking up can be really critical, really empowering for you, because if you're in a relationship that is healthy, when you say no to things, people will respect it. And knowing that your no should be respected is really important for you in your relationship with yourself and with other people. Um, Yeah, like this says right here, once you have begun speaking up for yourself, it will become easier every time until you do it regularly. Like once you know that that's something that you deserve, it becomes something that you expect. And I think too, something I actually just thought about was recently I've been recognizing people's boundaries that they've been setting. And one of them that really sticks out to me is one that actually was like stated in an email. Um, And I saw it and I was like, wow. Like, I really respect that. And it was this email. Um, this company was trying to work with this organization I'm a part of. And when we were setting a time to talk, the um, main individual was like, I spend time with my family from 5 to 7. I can't meet 5 to 7 on week weeknights. And that was, I read that and I was like, wow. Like, 
what a good dad. What a good yeah, husband. Good like, what a you. good what a good businessman too. Like having those boundaries. So I think it's it's so hard. I mean, kind of getting out of that situation where your boundaries were crossed and being able to have boundaries that are actually respected can seem like a very hard and like arduous process. Um, but also knowing, like seeing the other side of it being like, I'm receiving someone's boundary and I respect them for giving it to me. So kind of knowing that that's also on the other end as well. Yeah. That people will respect you for having set boundaries like that. And knowing that people will, like, I respect people's boundaries, they'll respect mine. So knowing that as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think most of what we've just said applies to people in general. Um, But we want to talk a little bit more about how boundaries specifically apply to survivors. Um, I think a big thing is being aware of the fact that you likely will need new boundaries in the aftermath of trauma. Mm -hmm. This thing has happened that has changed you. And so it makes sense that the things that you need will be different now. Um, And I think sometimes, like, people are embarrassed about that or they feel like it's their fault or they, like, don't want to put it on to other people. Like, you're going to have to deal with this now that I need this new thing. And, like, I don't know. I think I'm going to sit here and say that, like, it – that's not your fault. Like it totally makes sense that you would need new things after something has happened like that to affect you. But I can also totally see how like, I don't know, it's one of those instances, like when we talked about guilt, that like, it's really easy to say like, no, 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 you shouldn't feel guilty. Every survivor I know who I've ever talked to says you shouldn't feel guilty. But then when it comes to them, they feel guilty. Of course, they're like, but it's me, it's different. So I think it's hard to say like, like, it's easy for me to sit here and say no, like, of course, you would need new boundaries in the aftermath of trauma. But then when it comes to each individual survivor, sometimes it's harder to actually like believe that inside their own heads. Right. And I think that's something that I've kind of always struggled with is being like, I feel like I'm too much for people or I'm asking them to do too much Mm -hmm. to accommodate me and, you know, what I want. And first off, you should never apologize for wanting someone to do the bare minimum to accommodate you. But secondly, I think one of the things is like understanding that kind of as I've learned more about boundaries as a whole and recognizing that any life event, minor or major, can result in changing some boundaries. Like Mm -hmm. whether you have a new pet in your house that could result in some boundaries change. Like, oh, like I can't, I can't go hang out from 6 p.m. onwards. I got to take care of the dog. Or having you move to, um, you get a new job and you need to set those boundaries in the workplace. Like, I think recognizing that new boundaries are something that is are going to come up all the time makes it a little bit easier to digest the fact that in the aftermath of trauma, you'll need these new boundaries. Yes. But they don't seem as scary or seem as kind of like burdensome on other people because we always need new boundaries yeah always very well said thank you so talking about some of these barriers to our to boundaries um specifically and how this applies to survivors no one wants their boundaries violated but sometimes our boundaries do get violated right and so I would say you know let's say half the time it's out of something that we didn't want but the other half it's like what what could we do differently and I think some of that at least for me when I think about it on a personal level a lot of some of my barriers are going to be 
you know, fear of rejection and abandonment. I think that's a big one in relationships is like, I, I should do what this person wants me to do so that they don't leave me. Yeah, like if I set this boundary with them, then they're not going to want to be with me anymore. Right. I think is a big thing that a lot of people right. say. And I think that that can work in, you know, romantic relationships. That can work in friendships. That can work in familial relationships. It mm-hmm. can really, it can really work in really any kind of um, way. Um, we kind of already touched on this one, but like fear of confrontation, yeah. like a big barrier to holding up your boundaries is it's hard to say to someone, hey, you did this thing and I wasn't comfortable with it. Can you not do it again? Um, a lot of times it's just easier to let it go rather than have to have that hard conversation. Um, but I think prioritizing the well-being that will come from having had it hopefully would override the fear of the conversation. Um, That is so much easier said than done. I'm like in a situation right now where I'm like saying that out loud and it's silly to think about it given how I've handled the situation. But I don't know. I think that like you would hope that your well-being in the long run matters more to you than the fact that it's really scary to say something to someone. Exactly. Exactly. I think and this is one we've talked about. This third one is one that we've talked about a mm-hmm. lot. And you guys are so sick of us hearing it. But <laughs> guilt. I think guilt is a really is a really big one. Um, just in sexual violence, kind of in this whole environment as a whole. You know, survivors feel a lot of guilt. But in terms of, like, guilt with our boundaries, I think some of that guilt can come from, I don't know how to create healthy boundaries and someone violated it is it my fault Mm -hmm. that I wasn't able to put up a line that they felt they couldn't cross so I think there's guilt in that way and I think there's also guilt in in a variety of other ways where it's just the survivors like doesn't even like at least for me in the beginning I part of me didn't even think it was the other person's fault it was just what did I do what did I do what did I do I think that's really common yeah so having kind of recognizing that it's not your fault and that this guilt is normal and so many people experience it and it's not embarrassing or shameful, I think kind of being able to wrap our mind around that. And I think um, we talk about guilt all the time and it's something that we're never going to stop talking about. Um, so just kind of recognizing that, that 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 does impact our boundaries and it can act as a barrier, but we should not let it. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. Um, this next one I think is really big. Um, not being taught healthy boundaries or having set boundaries previously that then weren't respected. Right. I think that's a big thing with being a survivor is like you have probably set boundaries that then were crossed. And so now it's hard to set them again because you don't trust that they're going to be respected. Maybe it's easier not to set them so that they can't be crossed. Like, I think this is a huge thing that I hear from survivors a lot that like, once someone crosses your boundaries once, it changes the way that you interact right. with boundaries. Um, so I think working through that mm-hmm. and knowing that when you're with the right person or the right people in your life, they will respect your boundaries. And if someone isn't doing that, then it's not the right person. Right. And not to say that, like, my roommate talked to me before I brushed my teeth in the morning, and so now I can't be roommates with her anymore. But, like, if you set a sexual boundary and someone crosses it, that's probably not a person you should be having sex with. Yeah, well, man, let's not do that. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I think one of one of the things with these 
not being taught healthy boundaries or having them crossed is like if someone can cross a boundary as big as don't freaking touch me Mm -hmm. in places I don't want to be touched then I'm more I'm going to expect that someone's going to cross a boundary as big as come into work earlier yeah or do this after work or just literally in any other aspect like if someone can cross as big of a boundary as like your literal body yeah then what else will they do that is I think that's huge that like once your biggest boundary is crossed what's the point of setting the small ones right because if you could cross the big one of course someone can cross the small one yeah I think, I mean, that's why we wanted to record this episode mm-hmm. because your relationship with boundaries is inevitably changed as a survivor once they've been crossed the way that they have. And I think we're saying all of this and it is going to be really difficult. And you're, I mean, I know that I don't do all of this yeah. for sure. Um, but I think just being aware of it, knowing that like, here's hopefully what you could be doing, even like striving towards it is going to have a positive impact on your life. Um, this last barrier to boundaries is um, hopefully something that people wouldn't be experiencing, but safety concerns. Um, knowing that if you set boundaries in a specific way, then you would be in danger. And obviously that's a barrier to setting them. Um, we always want people to be safe and sometimes boundaries can't be set because you have to protect yourself in different ways. So just making sure that you're handling this in the way that will be best for you in your situation and knowing what What'll be good and what'll be harmful um, is always important. Yeah. Um, A little bit about as we kind of wrap up the episode. Don't worry, guys. We still have so many things we're going (laughs) to tell you. But a little bit, we're going to talk about the, we're going to talk about boundary development. And obviously, this is something we've talked about this entire time. Um, But about how these boundaries can subtly impact us, right? So, for example, um, if you are someone where it's it could be difficult for you to ask what you want and your need and what you need, but then it's also hard to say no to others um, when they ask you for something. So kind of having that. Um, Balancing that those balance, things. right, yeah. yes, exactly. And I think that that is a boundary that could be made healthy very quickly, but is currently unhealthy. And I'm not going to lie this is something I'm literally struggling with right now and like actively I'm dealing with. Um, But I think being able to recognize like, okay, this is an unhealthy boundary that I have and I need to actively work on making it better for myself is something that is good to think about. Yeah, for sure. Um, A few other examples of like how damaged boundaries can Mm -hmm. affect us. Um, is a big one is it's easier to take care of other people's needs and desires than your own. And then it's easier to go along with them when they express their opinions rather than expressing yours. Like basically right. just saying like, it's easier to do what they want. There's no point in even mm-hmm. articulating what I want um, yeah. is a big way that boundaries are crossed. One, another one is that other people seem to know you better than you know yourself. Um, and then they also seem to know what's best for you. Whether this is just something that like intrinsically you might be thinking, um, it can also kind of manifest its way into people actively being like, this is what is best for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, all of these are just terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into the how to set them in just a minute, guys, <laughs> exactly, don't worry. Exactly. Um, we'll just give a couple more examples. Um, I think a big one is like when relationships seem to be 
one way and you're putting more into it than you're getting out of it, but you stay in it because what you're getting is better than getting nothing. Um, I think unequal effort is often a way that boundaries are being crossed. Like when you're Mm -hmm. putting everything in and getting nothing in return. All right, so now to get to the big part, um, how to set boundaries in your life. Um, A few things before we jump right into how to do that. Um, I think the first step is recognizing that it might be difficult, that a lot of what we've talked about is hard and is going to take work. You're not going to be able to do it straight off the bat. Um, Knowing that before you get started is important so that you'll be able to give yourself grace once you're in it. Exactly. And then also kind of with them is with that is once you've set boundaries, recognizing the importance of keeping them um, and not really wavering, you know, obviously adjust them to how you see fit with whatever's going on in your life, but kind of making sure that you keep those boundaries where they are once you've set them. Yes. And then we touched on this a little bit already, but knowing that if someone isn't respecting the boundaries that you've set, then that's probably not a person that you need to be around. Um, And I say that with a grain of salt because I feel like boundaries get misused a lot where it's like, well, I set that boundary with them and they didn't respect it. So I'm never going to talk to them again. And the boundary was like, I'm not going to respond to your text for three weeks because I'm going through something. And then I'm mad at you when you say, why haven't you texted me back? You know, like, I don't want to say like silly stuff like that, but like, I don't know if you set a sexual boundary that gets crossed, that's probably not a person you should be with. If you say like, hey, I really need you to use this language around me or like your pronouns and somebody keeps just misusing them, like intentionally or not, like that's not a hard thing to do. Right. So I think if there are people who just like disregard your boundaries, then evaluate if that's someone that you need to have in your life. I think is really what I'm trying to say. And Take that with a grain of salt. You don't want to misuse it, but you also want to respect yourself and the the way that you deserve to be treated. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so one of the first steps to setting these healthy boundaries is knowing what your needs are, what you need to be healthy, and what you need to have a good self-esteem while retaining your sense of identity. Um, one of the ways to do this is kind of considering making a list, whether that's like a physical or a mental list of your core values and beliefs. So like, what do you need to be happy? What makes you feel safe? How much time and energy are you willing to spend with different people and in different situations? And this is really important because when you know what your needs are and you know what you need from other people, people will know how to communicate and interact with you based off of that. But with that being said, you want to make sure you follow through on those boundaries. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the next step is trusting and believing that you have the right to both set and enforce a Mm -hmm. boundary. That once you know what it is that you want to do, trust that you do have the right to do it and to enforce it from there. Um, And then, like, moving into actually having those conversations, I think a big part of it is, like, fearing confrontation so even like a healthy boundary setting can be frustrating um and you may like worry about rejection or feel guilty or anything like that but knowing that you are you deserve to be able to have this conversation and even if it's difficult you should be able to have it like it is your right to be able to do that um can sometimes be helpful when you're having conversations that might be difficult exactly um additionally if you're a people pleaser 
like Kat, like me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or if you're, you know, in a codependent relationship, however that looks, know, knowing how to separate your feelings and your boundaries from someone else's can be difficult. Um, but that also feeds into codependency is not a good thing. So yeah. maybe let's reevaluate a lot yeah. of stuff. But being able to actively separate your feelings and those boundaries from someone else's even if that's the person you spend every day with, even if that's the person your life is with, being able to be like two different people with two different boundaries and two different feelings is very important to this boundary setting. Yeah, and then lastly, it's important to remember that you can be flexible in these things. Life changes, your relationships change, things evolve. Um, So update your boundaries as you go. If you grow more comfortable with something, if you grow less comfortable with something, communicate those things to other people um and hopefully that is helpful in setting these boundaries having that like open communication of what's working for us what's not working for us because the whole point of this is to have the best relationships that you can with other people right and so just making sure that you're being honest about what you need about how you're changing I think is really important yeah so just to summarize um something we've reiterated this entire time (laughs) boundaries are crucial to healing and to moving on in a healthy way Um, but at the same time they look different for everyone Um, so recognizing that as you go about your own journey is important Um, and yeah yeah I think we've covered a lot with this episode Um, we weaved in and out of different things and so hopefully some of this rang true with you hopefully you can implement some of this in your own life, um, recognizing what's important for you, the best way to have relationships with other people. So some things to take with you, our action items are make sure that you have healthy boundaries set, but then also make sure that you're respecting other people's boundaries and making sure you're treating them well. Um, Lastly, just like always, share this podcast if you want to. Do something good for yourself. Do something good for someone else. just, I don't know, try to make sure you're doing your best. Yeah, do your best. Um, With that being said, we will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. We love this new two podcasts a month. Yeah, so exciting. Um, But that being said, thanks for hanging out with us. Make good choices. Peace and love.